In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of God. Gracious God, we do thank you that Luke recorded for us the account of Jesus' birth. For many of us, it is very familiar, and so we pray now that you would help us see beyond the familiar, to see just how remarkable this event is. And Lord, we ask that you would help us see how it changes our lives. And we ask this because it is good for us and because it brings you glory. And we ask it in the name of Jesus, whose birth we celebrate today. Amen. Now, uh, I don't know if many of you were down there, but last Sunday night we had the carols in Noosa down by the river. Now, I did see a few people from church there. It was good. Janice and I enjoyed ourselves. Not too sure about the kids. They fell asleep about halfway through. Uh, But it turns out my kids weren't the only people who didn't enjoy the carols. See, the next morning I I jumped on Facebook and I came across this post, which I realise you probably can't read unless you've got better eyesight than me. Basically, there was someone complaining that the Noosa Carols suffered from a lack of tradition. Now, I've been sort of loosely involved with these carols for the past three years, and complaints about the carols are not new. Every year there is an avalanche of complaints. There's not enough food, there's not enough Santa, there's not enough food, not enough Santa, not enough Santa, too much Santa. 
Too loud. The fireworks upset my... There's always complaints. You'll never please anybody. But not enough tradition. This one was interesting. It turns out what the person really wanted, what they didn't like, was that they felt that they couldn't sing along to the traditional Christmas carols. And and I'm inclined to agree to them. The, The carols weren't played in a way that was easy to sing along to. See, they wanted to sing the classics, the traditional Christmas carols. But what I found really interesting is that someone in this thread suggested, well, churches have carols, why don't you go and have a sing there? Let's just say it wasn't very well received. What this person wanted, along with a whole bunch of other people who echoed their feelings, was Christmas without Christ. They wanted tradition without the substance. They want to sing all the songs written about Jesus because, well, that's what you do at Christmas. But they wanted nothing to do with Jesus himself. Now, that's not new. That's everywhere. And I'm not here to slam people on social media. And if you're someone who's here this morning, simply because going to church on Christmas morning is what you do on Christmas, that's your tradition, fantastic. I'm really glad that you're here with us. You are welcome. But my aim this morning is to convince you and to convince all of us that the thing that makes Christmas worth celebrating is Christ. My aim for you this morning is that you will put Christ at the centre of your Christmas celebrations. Because decorating a plastic tree and eating a hot meal in the middle of the hottest part of the day in the hottest month of the year and and wearing silly paper crowns, all of that is fun. But friends, the thing that makes Christmas so good and so significant, the reason that 2,000 years later we are still celebrating is Christ. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at Luke's account of Jesus' birth to see what it is that makes Jesus so significant. Now, one of the things I love about Luke's account is just how seamlessly he blends the, the ordinary and the extraordinary. If you have a look at verse 6, uh, Jesus' birth sounds just so completely ordinary. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. That's the kind of story my dad would tell if you asked him about my birth. What happened? Oh, well, she was pregnant, and then the due date came, and then she had a baby. It's, it's very ordinary, isn't it? But then without batting an eyelid, Luke then tells us about an army of angels appearing to shepherds and praising God for the birth of this child. It goes from the ordinary to the completely out of this world, the extraordinary. This morning, we're going to look at the extraordinary words of the angels and see three things about Jesus that make Christmas really special, that make Christmas really worth celebrating. And so the first thing the angels tell us about Jesus is that Jesus is for everybody. Now, if you're hosting Christmas lunch today, you're about to discover that you can't please everybody. 
You get a group of people together and people like different things. They want to do things differently and some people are going to be sad about it. Uh, Chances are you'll have someone in your family that likes to be all dignified when you open presents, if you haven't already done that. They, you know, they like to go around and each person opens one at a time and they say please and thank you and they you know, give the person who gave them the present a cuddle and some people like doing Christmas presents like that. Other people prefer the vultures surrounding a dead body sort of approach where it's just a free-for-all and there's wrapping paper being thrown everywhere. And you can't have it both ways. There's going to be someone not getting what they want. You might have people in your family who like eating fruit mince pies and then you'll have people that like enjoying good food (laughs) or you might discover on boxing day that you know some people in the family want to watch the cricket which they should and other people want to be bored and watch sailing (laughs) we're not all satisfied by the same things but these things are just superficial aren't they Our desires, our preferences, they can run much deeper. And you might have experienced that this morning because you wanted to come to church on Christmas morning, but someone else in the family didn't. Nah, church isn't really for me. For you, Jesus might be the most important thing about Christmas, and yet for someone else that you love, he might be nothing more than a quaint tradition. Our our preferences, our desires, they can really divide us. But do you hear what the angels say? The angel says to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. Now, there's a good chance that the shepherds who heard these words would have understood the angel to be talking about all the Jewish people. Jesus is good news of great joy for all the Jews. Because, after all, Jesus was thoroughly Jewish. He was from a Jewish family. He was the descendant of a great Jewish king. He was the long-awaited Messiah of the Jews. I mean, Luke ends the passage that we just read with Jesus being circumcised. He was so thoroughly Jewish. But as the Jesus story unfolds, it becomes clear that the angel's words here have a far wider scope. Jesus did not just come for Jews. He came for people from every single nation on the face of the earth. In the Bible, the kingdom of heaven is described as men and women from every tribe and nation and language Worshipping King Jesus. And friends, Jesus' arrival is good news of great joy for all the people of the world. And that means Jesus didn't just come to those who already knew and worshipped the God of Israel. Jesus came for Muslims and for Hindus and for atheists. He was born for those who considered themselves religious and for those who wanted nothing to do with religion. He came for the rich and the poor alike. And friends, his arrival is good news of great joy for all of them. That means Jesus' birth is good news of great joy for you. 
Now, I'm guessing that there are some of you here who are, are tag-alongs to church this morning. Now, church isn't really your scene, but you're here because mum wanted to come to church, or someone like that. I want to address you if that's you. And I want to invite you to seriously investigate Jesus this Christmas. Now, you may think that Jesus is you know, not your scene. You might think he's a crutch for the weak. You might think he's a historical curiosity. You might think, oh, he was a good teacher, said some good stuff. But I want to suggest to you that he is far more than that. I want to suggest to you that he is the answer to your deepest longings in this life. The solution to your biggest problem. And that he is good news of great joy, even for you. Can I invite you to seriously check out Jesus for yourself? Do do your own research. Read through the Gospel of Luke this Christmas. It won't take you that long. And the worst thing that could happen is that you get to the end of it and you just go, "Eh, I'm, I'm unconvinced. Fine. But you're in a room of people who, whose lives have been changed forever by this man. Surely it's worth investigating him and giving him some serious thought yourself. That's my invitation to you if you're a tag along this morning. Check out this Jesus because he is good news of great joy for you. Now, the first thing the angels show us is that Jesus is good news for everybody. The second thing the angel says is, why? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. The reason that Jesus is good news of great joy for everybody is that Jesus was born to save. Now, I was down at uh, Coolum Beach on Saturday, and to be honest, I didn't give much thought to the lifeguards at all. The only thought that I sort of did have, I felt a little bit annoyed at them, that the flags were really narrow, and they had so much gear, they basically took up all the sand between the flags, and I couldn't find anywhere to put my cabana. But otherwise, I didn't really think about them. And that's because no one thinks about a saviour until you need saving. A a saviour is only good news when you're in need of rescue. A lifesaver at the beach might make you feel a little bit safer just by them being there. But the only time you're rejoicing at seeing a lifesaver is when you can't keep your head above the water. A helicopter flying above you might be interesting, but it's only when you're on your fourth day without food or water in the bush that a helicopter makes you jump for joy. Well, friends, in the same way the birth of a baby is nice, welcome news, exciting news maybe, but the thing that makes Jesus' birth joyous news for all people is that Jesus was born to save, and saving is exactly what we need. Jesus is good news of great joy because he was born to save us. And you can get a pretty good idea of the extent of our need when you look at the length, that, the, the magnitude of the rescue, the length that God went to to save us. 
Here's what I mean. If you're driving down the highway and you see an ambulance fly past with lights and sirens, you think, ha, there might be an accident. But if you're driving down the highway and all of a sudden there's three fire trucks, four ambulances and two helicopters flying overhead, you know something serious has gone down. The, the size of the rescue makes you see the extent of the problem. Well, friends, in the same way, when angels announce that God himself has come into the world as a baby to be a saviour, when you see that the rescue plan involves the second person of the Trinity stepping down from glory and becoming flesh, well, you can know that something pretty serious is going down. Whatever it is that Jesus saves us from is serious, it's dangerous, and it is completely beyond us to save ourselves. And friends, the problem of sin is all three of those things. It's serious, it's dangerous, and by ourselves we can't do anything about it. We have an unsolvable problem, a dilemma that we can't do anything about. But at Christmas we see God himself, the one, who is, the one we are guilty of rejecting. We see him stepping in to do what we could never do. Because right from the beginning, this baby was born to save. And the way he would save us is by dying in our place. The one who began life wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, ended his life wrapped in cloth, lying in a tomb. And the whole reason he did that, the whole reason he stepped down from heaven to be born as a man, the reason he was despised and rejected by people, the reason he willingly went to the cross and died the death that our sins deserve was you. Jesus did this for you and me, all of us. That's the thing that makes Jesus' birth such good news. He is a saviour and a saviour is exactly what we need. But turning to our final point now, the thing the angels reveal about Jesus that makes his birth so significant and worth celebrating is that Jesus is Lord. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, if you've got your own kids, every parent has this moment where they look at their little baby and they, they wonder, what might this child grow up to be? Well, Mary and Joseph never had that moment because they knew, <laughs> they'd been told that Jesus was the king. And not just any king, he was God's king. The, the forever king, the king whose reign would never end. Now, I don't know how that plays out when you're parenting the forever king. Like, that's an interesting dynamic. I don't know, can you imagine telling the king of the whole universe to go and brush his teeth before you go? It, it's weird but that's not our issue for us the question is this uh, will we bow our knees before jesus the king 
Because there are lots of people today around the world who will spend the day singing about baby Jesus. And there will be people, maybe some of you, who have decorated your houses with, with little nativity scenes depicting baby Jesus. But friends, you can sing about Jesus and you can decorate your house with Jesus and you can even go to church and hear a message about Jesus and all of that can mean nothing unless you will bow your knee before Jesus as king. Friends, the amazing thing about Christmas is that Jesus didn't stay a baby. He came to be the king whose reign will never end and he calls on you to bow your knee before him, to let him call the shots, to let him be the controlling influence in your decisions. And that's a scary thing to do. That involves surrendering control to someone else. But friends, the thing that makes Jesus good news of great joy to all people is that this king is for you. He has done everything in his power for you. He laid down his life for you. And so that leaves us now with two options. Either we oppose him, we reject him, we we do what King Herod did. He heard of a rival king and so tried to kill him. Or we do what the wise men did. We bow down in the presence of greatness. We bow our knees before Jesus the King. Friends, which one will it be for you this Christmas? Because all around us today, there are people celebrating Christmas without Christ, and that's fine. But friends, the thing that makes Christmas worth celebrating, the thing that makes Christmas good news of great joy, is that Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is the saviour. Jesus is our king. And so would you make Christ the centre of your Christmas today? Let me pray. Our Lord God, we do rejoice today that you sent your son into the world to be our saviour and our king. To rescue those who are in need of rescue. To rescue those dying in sin. Lord, we thank you that though we don't deserve it, though you didn't need to do this, that out of love you did. And so, Lord, we pray that you would overwhelm us with joy again at the news of Jesus' arrival into this world. Lord, I pray for these people before me now that as they go out today and celebrate this day with family and with friends Lord, we pray that Christ would be the centre of their Christmas, that he would be the thing that makes this good day into a joyous day, that he would be the thing that not only defines today but defines every day of their lives going forward. We pray that we would all come to see how good it is to have Jesus as our King. And we pray this in his name. Amen.